Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carl. We are back for another edition. we got a lot to get to. Sorry we were not able to do one last week. I was a little bit under the weather. Voice was not doing well. So we, we, were, uh, we were not able to do one, but we are here to break down a lot. we got a lot to get to um, as A&M begins bowl prep for their bowl game against Oklahoma State. Got a lot happening on the recruiting front, but less than a week to go until the early signing period. And a, and a lot more to, to, to kind of get into. But Carter, I think a, a good place to start is just kind of like an overall state of the program right now. Uh, as Mike Elko tries to build his staff out, um, obviously made a big hire last week in Colin Klein. But just where do you kind of see where things are right now? Yeah, they're, they're kind of in this awkward period, and we'll, we'll talk about it uh, in a little bit about, you know, Elijah Robinson taking the Syracuse job and and still kind of doing some of those things, but also still doing the interim head coach uh, job at the same time. Uh, I know they went back to practice on Tuesday uh, to kind of start their bowl prep. They kind of waited a little bit, but but now they're, you know, up and running from that standpoint. Uh, and really, I mean, it's it's everything right now. Uh, Mike Elko focusing on the portal, retaining the roster, building his coaching staff, prepping for a bowl game. I mean, I do not envy these guys at all. It is just, I mean, 100-hour-plus weeks, I'm sure, for uh, the whole coaching staff. And uh, you've already seen him bring over some Duke guys with him, but you've seen him make some outside hires as well. And you know, a lot of these guys are already, you know, up and running and getting on the phones and, and starting to reach out to recruits and everything and uh, making their presence felt on the recruiting trail. So, uh, yeah, been a busy time, but uh, I think in the coming days, the coming couple weeks, retaining the roster, transfer portal, high school recruiting, you know, obviously the early signing period is next week. Uh, a lot to focus on for this group. No doubt, and uh, one of the big talking points you mentioned, Elijah Robinson. We'll we'll cover it here. 
um, a lot a lot has been made of of him the past week or so because obviously this is the final week of the contact period and um, coaches are able to get on the road and he certainly made a lot of news because uh, we're talking about five star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley has been committed to Texas A and M uh, since earlier this fall will not sign during the early signing period his mother confirmed with Gigam twenty four seven. Um, but it's been hosting quite a few in-home visits this week, Tennessee, Syracuse, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, A&M was expected to go in earlier in the week. That visit was rescheduled for Thursday night, so they will go in-home on Thursday night. Um, but Elijah Robinson went in-home with on behalf of Syracuse earlier this week, which um, certainly kind of rubbed people, I think, the wrong way. Um, is as as he tries to now kind of turn his attention to to or he tries to rubs people the wrong way in terms of like an A and M front. Obviously, Syracuse fans are going to be excited about that and getting in the mix for for Dominic McKinley. But just what do you make of that whole situation and kind of where things stand with him right now? Yeah, I posted uh, something on our board at Gigum Two Four Seven for people to check out about this situation and, and some transfer portal news as well, if y'all want to check that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, been a little hesitant to weigh in on this uh, as I'm kind of gathering information on it, just because there's a lot more that goes into it than I, I think the perception of it all suggests. I mean, I think people look at Elijah Robinson, they, they thank him for his six years of service. They're they're thankful. Hey, you brought in a lot of great talent. You've been a beloved assistant coach, but you're no use anymore. You can only damage the program at this point. So you know, we could have Andrew Hattersley coach the bowl game and lose sixty three to nothing, and it wouldn't impact anything. So why yeah. keep this guy around if uh, if if you know? It, doesn't impact things with the bowl game if that doesn't if there's no relevance there well it's not that simple it, it's not anything to do with the bowl game it's more about stabilizing the program and keeping it stabilized is the reason why AM kept him around we can debate back and forth whether or not they made the right decision uh i would right. say they just because i mean after he took the syracuse job you knew that this was probably going to happen, that he was going to start offering uh, offering recruits on Syracuse's behalf. Now, I don't think we would have expected him to be as, I, I guess, blatant about it, like showing up at Dominic McKinley's game in a Syracuse polo and going on an in-home visit with him. But there's two different ways to look at it. First of all, does this hurt A&M? And second of all, what can A&M do about it now? So does it hurt A&M? I think the perception of it is a lot like the optics. It's a lot worse than what reality is. The reality is, you know, and you never want to talk too definitively about recruiting. Dominic McKinley's not going to Syracuse. It's, right. it's not happening. I promise you guys it's not happening. Now, could he go somewhere else? Absolutely. Like, this is somebody to watch, no doubt about it. Uh, obviously delaying his, uh, his signing to February, but Syracuse, not happening. Um, second piece of it is Fidel Diggs 
has entered the transfer portal, and Syracuse is a major player in his recruitment. He plans to visit Syracuse this weekend. Well, A&M losing digs wouldn't be great. It, it surely, yeah, it's not great, but they still feel decent about their chances of potentially getting Fidel Diggs back. So that may not be a big deal. And then everyone, you know, there's just, you know, oh, he offered a recruit. Oh, he did this. Oh, Jalen Hornsby flipped to, to Syracuse from A&M. Well, Jalen Hornsby shouldn't have been a take to begin with for the Aggies. And they really weren't that upset that Syracuse took them off their hands of anything. They're like, yeah, yep. here you go. Can sure. confirm that a little bit. They, yeah, I can confirm that side of it as well. Is they were not terribly yeah. upset about that. There was more of a mutual parting of ways. Same goes for DeBron, DeBron Gatling, uh, exactly. which is natural during coaching changes. And some of the other guys, they it, they would have happened anyway, right? Like Ken right. Coleman. That, that's a product of a coaching change. Some of these guys that are leaving, it's because of the coaching change or because of, you know, the bags that they might be getting elsewhere, right? And right. Uh, just, just saying it, you know. Um, then there's other things like the transfer portal, right? There's a lot of guys who entered the portal. There's 13. And a lot of them, A&M doesn't want them really. They, Remington Strickland, Jordan Spasojevic, Moko, you know, even some top guys like Jake Johnson, LT Overton. Like A&M is not just dying to have these guys and they're not going to go out of their way to just beg them back. Um, Tyreek Chappelle, he's got academic issues. He wouldn't even be eligible at A&M probably if he came back. I don't even know if he could play anywhere else right now. So I think he could be someone you go to the NFL draft. So there's like a lot of guys um, right now that, you know, you look at the number 13 portal entries. Oh my gosh, that's almost the most in, the country or whatever. And it's like, eh, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of the perception is worse than the reality. And then the second part to it is what can a and do about it? Um, they could have made a decision after he took the Syracuse job, um, but they didn't. And they have to live with that decision. And here's why you cannot just fire a guy. In, in this circumstance, it, it'd be too messy. And just based off the people I've talked to, like if they were to just abruptly let Robinson go, there is a fear that it would really, I mean, it would really rub the players the wrong way. They've, they've, they, first of all, they love Robinson. They have bought into this idea that they get one final game with him. And there are some guys that are still on the fence if they want to, stay in college station or leave. And if you were just going to abruptly let this guy go, that these players have loved for many years, uh, you know, been there for six years. Um, some of these guys are 50, 50. There's a fear that that would be enough to make them that they would want to leave after that. And they'd say, wow, they, they treated him that way. I'm out. And, you know, whether that's fair or not, that's just the, the thought, right now with the program and, and it makes sense right. you can't just let like how do you do that in a non-messy way there really isn't one and so i think where you look at it is you have to judge it by a is it more damaging to keep them or to let them go right now the answer is it's more messy to let them go and if at any point he damages the program like if dominic mckinley 
shocks the world and flips to Syracuse tomorrow, then A&M might say, okay, screw this guy. <laughs> like we're getting rid of him. You know what I mean? Right. But until something like that happens, I don't see any way that A&M lets this guy go. Right. And I think that's a that kind of a good kind of full picture, full picture look at it um, and, and where things kind of stand right now. And you know what, like in come later this December, obviously coaches can head on the road for a couple more days. And then you hope that the, the full focus from an A&M front is back on the team, getting ready for bowl prep. Um, the there will be a the contact period ends on Saturday. Sunday will be a quiet period, which means recruits can visit campus, but staff is not able to go out on the road. And then in Monday, you're into a dead period until the early signing period. So uh, that's where things kind of stand right now. Speaking of the early signing period and the recruiting class, A and M's got kind of a lot of. I would say fires to put out right now. I think that could be said for a lot of this fall. Um, you, we talked about Dominic McKinley waiting until February to sign. Uh, they just want to feel fully confident in their, in their decision. And here's what I would say about that is they were obviously on campus for an official visit this past weekend, talking to people around the family and just how that went. They, they enjoyed the visit. They had a lot of good things to say about it. They found the A&M staff approachable. They found them. They were impressed, but the reality is this is a new coaching staff that they're trying to get to know as well. And so there's, there's still a lot of familiarity there um, that they're trying to get. And given that he is not an early enrollee, kind of the way the family looked at it was why sign during the early signing period and lock yourself in when you don't have to, when you can wait until, National Signing Day, and nothing's really going to change because he's not an early enrollee. It's different for early enrollees, and that was one thing mentioned to me is if he was an early enrollee, things could be different. But given that he's not, there's a ch- there's kind of the opportunity to wait until the National Signing Day. And the same, that's kind of the same sentiment that has been given to me about Dalen Evans and Terry Bussey. Now, what I will say with when it comes to Dalen Evans that's a very fluid recruitment like that's and I think that's a general consensus is he he has repeatedly maintained he plans to be on campus this weekend for an official visit on Sunday until Sunday Sunday I would I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out of it and says okay I'm gonna go ahead and sign during the early signing period or tries to keep people on their toes for a couple more days and signs during the early signing period now he has said that his plan is to wait until February, but that's just one I feel like you still have to kind of monitor and, and, and keep tabs on because, you know, he's entertained a lot of interest from, from a lot of different schools um, and, and schools like USC have tried to make a run. Florida has tried to make a run, but the feeling when you talk to people is that he's going to be tougher to get away from, from A&M and he's been committed to the program for well over a year and you know, has he mentioned he liked uh, liked Coach Spencer coming in, knew him a little bit from Florida. He was not his main recruiter, but um, is somebody that he's familiar with and likes him. So, you know, there's a lot to get to on 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 that front from and a lot for Mike Elko to kind of deal with on that front. And you look at some other guys. There was some Texas buzz this week with Ty Anthony Smith. Uh, he's said that he does not plan to visit 
Texas this weekend. I still think Texas is maybe kind of a school to monitor there. Again, when you start getting into these final couple of days, schools are trying to make kind of background pushes and, and pushes behind the scenes. So that's certainly one to monitor. And then, you know, you've, you've got A&M also looking to add guys. I think we, we should certainly talk about Anthony Carey, a kid out of Carrollwood Day um, in Tampa, teammate of uh, another Texas A&M target, Solomon Williams. There's been talks of him also being on campus for an official visit this weekend as A&M battles Alabama and Texas. And we've talked all fall about who's going to be the running back and who's, who's, who's the guy that, that is going to emerge for A&M as a running back and will A&M take a running back in this class. And Anthony Carey's the guy that uh, was reoffered this week, quickly canceled his official visit to Michigan state and set up one to Texas A&M. And I think things are trending pretty well there. And Mike Elko was out to visit him earlier this week. Uh, That'd be a really nice ad. And then we've got to talk about the transfer portal. Obviously A&M is going to have, a couple more visitors on campus this weekend could be quite a few actually we're we're working to confirm some final ones Jermon McCoy out of Oregon State uh was was really really good in his first year at at Oregon State uh out of White House and uh uh you know he'll be visiting this weekend the family confirmed Tennessee has also um has also been in the mix there then you've got Rylan Good, who I know a lot of people had fun with that one on the on the on the board. He's excited to get over this weekend. Former Georgia and Mississippi State tight end transfer, so um, a guy that comes with a lot of SEC experience and is a true blocking tight end. Which I think you know you I, I saw a couple of people mention on the board. Well, why why is A&M looking to bring in a tight end? And the answer is you're losing Max Wright. Obviously, Jake Johnson's entered the transfer portal. And so, and Fernando Garza is also in the transfer portal. So I don't think it's a bad idea to be looking for kind of a veteran tight end there. A Youngstown State transfer, Alex Howard, has also confirmed he will be visiting this weekend. And I'm kind of looking to add to that linebacker room and a couple others we're working to track down to, to confirm visiting as well. So, you know, you're kind of seeing A&M attack that transfer portal, which makes me less concerned as well about some of the guys that, that they're losing is you, you've got to be aggressive on the transfer portal front if you're losing guys. And, and that's something we didn't see under Jimbo Fisher. And that was part of the problem was guys left, but you were kind of trying to replace them with freshmen or sophomores or guys that hadn't been in the system before. You're seeing Mike Elko at least be proactive on the transfer portal front, not to mention they've already got two transfers in the boat in Will Lee and Javon Harvey. So, you know, kind of a lot happening on, 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 on the transfer portal front, on the recruiting front. And we've got you all covered over at Gigum 24 seven. I encourage you to be over there. If you're, if you're not already um, staying locked in as we kind of churn out more and more notes heading into the early signing period, um, we'll have a breakdown of both the offensive and defensive side of the ball later this, this week as well. But Interesting times, and, and you know, I think A&M is just trying to fight and scratch and claw and, and lock in as many guys as they can from this class. Take a deep breath next Wednesday and then hit the transfer portal and see what you can do on that front. So uh, really interesting kind of times. We, we got a lot more to get to on, on A&M. Made some big news, obviously, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, with Colin Klein getting hired as the new offensive coordinator. We're going to break all that down right after – a quick break and talk some Aggie hoops as well.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carl, talking a little Texas A&M football, a little recruiting, and, and a little hoops as well in the second part of the podcast. Got to start with Colin Klein, though. That was the big news of the, uh, of the week last week. Um, what do you think? What, 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 what's kind of your thoughts on, on Colin Klein um, and, and heading over to A&M? My first reaction, I... I... Just thought it was funny because I remember uh, AM fans hated this guy uh, 12 years ago because uh, I guess 11 years ago because everyone tried to make the Heisman race seem like it was a legitimate race. And I remember yeah. I was at the uh, fun story at the at the uh, Baylor K State game uh, that year where they I think they were 11 and 0 and uh they lost their their final game and it knocked them out of the championship uh picture and it knocked him out of the the heisman picture really uh but i just remember that whole year a and m fans could not stand this guy because they're like nah johnny manzel is so much better he deserves it blah 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 so it's kind of funny to to think back on that but uh k-state has been a team i've tuned in on a, a couple times over you know, a few more than a few times over the last few years, just because they've they've been a really fun offense to watch. Um, I was like the biggest Deuce Vaughn fan probably in the world. Boy, wasn't the he fun? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and when the when the Cowboys drafted him, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, and he hasn't done anything this year, of course. But I was really excited about that just because I I think he was so fun to watch. Um, but no, going into it with Klein, I mean. I think the biggest thing you see with him is is doing more with less. Uh, you're seeing mm-hmm. three-star offensive alignment everywhere, three-star uh, quarterback uh, uh, wide receivers. Uh, quarterbacks are you know three stars except David Johnson now. And then you know your running back was a five foot five guy. You know a lot of guys who were overlooked as recruits and didn't have all the offers, and yet they're 
top 10, top 15 offense in the country the last couple of years. And, you know, almost every metric they're, they're rolling and their running game was impressive. Uh, seeing how their offensive line worked together as a unit was extremely impressive. There's a lot of clips online you can watch where you got guys pulling and, and, and just really working together as a unit. Uh, and you, you just look at this A&M offense and, and really this team over the last couple of years, and the biggest thing with them was doing less with more, uh, underachieving, yep. right? Uh, four stars all across the O-line, and you've got one of your worst offensive lines in recent history uh, in the program. Uh, you know, you got running backs who are four- and five-star recruits, and you know, they're they're not doing much. You got Moose Muhammad, who's got all this talent, and he can never put it together on the field. Uh, you got quarterback after quarterback getting injured. Like, this has just been an offense that anyone watching it has been super frustrated because it's like, my yeah. goodness, look at all these toys and we can't do anything. Uh, and so bringing a guy who can do more with less, I mean, yeah, sounds good. And, I mean, I do have questions about the scheme, and like I know he's someone who loves running the quarterback a lot, and I don't think that's yeah. Connor Wiggins' game at all. So, uh, very curious to see how he handles that. If that's something he goes away from, uh, but overall, a 34-year-old guy uh, who has full control of the offense, I just think that's going to spark a lot into this program, where the last several years it was this archaic you know fitting around a square peg and a round hole however you say the expression uh frustrating complicated i mean that that system was complicated for the quarterbacks yep. to learn and and go through and so having something more simpler having a more relatable guy in there 34 year old guy who obviously played the quarterback position and um, you know knows what a good offense is supposed to look like. I just think that that will help this program a great deal. So, yeah, I, I like I, the higher I just have questions about what it all looked like. Yeah. I, I like the balance that he, that he stays with and, and, you know, you talk about controlling time, controlling possession, time of possession. They've been one of the better teams on that front as well. And and to your point about Deuce Vaughn, I actually, it was kind of fun to catch up with and I encourage everybody to check out on, uh, on the site, but Ernest Campbell, uh, him and Colin Klein really hit it off this past weekend. And one of the things he said is, look, I watched Deuce Vaughn and I, and I watched what Colin Klein did with, uh, with, with him. And as a, as somebody who he's, 5'8", 150, he, he kind of said that's that's exciting to me to be able to play under Colin Klein and be able to trust him and believe in him because I've seen him take a guy that was considered undersized, considered small, and do great things with him. So he's a, he's somebody that, that actually said that this staff he liked more than the, the previous staff in terms of relationships and just how he was able to communicate with them as a track athlete. They're going to allow him to do both sports, something that he was really excited about. So you know, that's just, that's not just us looking at it. That's somebody outside the program who's kind of, or who's in the class kind of looking at it, saying the same thing, saying, hey, 
this guy knows how to use those sorts of weapons. And one of the things that I, I do kind of like is I feel like he's, he's, he's very adaptable and I'm interested to see kind of where he goes, right. Is who, who is your best player and how do you get the ball in their hands? Well, you know, last year it was, it was Deuce Vaughn. So they rode him all the way to a big 12 championship. And, and this year was a little bit different, not having Deuce Vaughn in the fold. So, you know, I do kind of like that he seems to adapt to the scheme and I, and I, and I think it's going to be a positive, frankly, that, you know, you're, you're not going to have somebody looking over your shoulder, worrying what you're doing all the time. And, and you're just going to be able to, obviously Mike Elko has kind of, that's one of the reasons he was very particular and very uh, methodical about how he went about a search was fully cognizant that he's going to turn over to that side of the ball to Colin Klein and let him do his thing. And, and I, I think that's positive. And, you saw him kind of use motion a little bit. You saw him kind of look to get the ball in his playmaker's hands and in some different ways, get the ball out quickly at times. I mean, I am interested to kind of see, like you mentioned, on a quarterback run front, uh, how, but it, I don't think it'd be a bad thing to maybe get, especially as you try to rebuild this offensive line, try to get the quarterback on the run a little bit more. I feel like we just didn't see that a ton under Jimbo Fisher and, and you just kind of had a sitting duck back there with a yeah. bad offensive line and you know it it's it, there was nothing to compensate for a bad offensive line we don't you know the issues were certainly there for everybody to see and so in the, you know if he is getting the quarterback out on the run a little bit more kind of out of the pocket moving the pocket a little bit i think that's one of the ways to maybe compensate as you kind of try to rebuild this offensive line and get things back to a place they need to be so you know that that's that's certainly big news, um, and and to get him in the fold and, and be able to have him meet with visitors each of the each of these two weekends is is important and it's big. And he's been out on the trail. He's been he's been talking. He's able to talk to Miles O'Neill. Uh, has been out to visit. You know Hunter Andrews over at Magnolia has been active on the recruiting trail, and so you know, things are off to a good start there. And as we kind of close things out here, got to talk a little Texas A&M basketball as well. Look, challenging, challenging month. I, I think there's there's no other way to put it. This team has really been tested in the first month more than they ever have under Buzz Williams. They've had injuries they've had to deal with. They played a tough schedule, played Memphis this past Sunday, got a game coming up with Houston to kind of close out a little bit of a gauntlet. But what, you, what, have, what have we learned about this Texas A&M team over the first month? There's been some highs and there's been some, some, some lows as well, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I have always, going into the season, I told myself, I'm like, you are a fool if you judge an Aggie basketball team under Buzz Williams before Christmas. Yep. You can't yep. do it. It, it, it. They just the <laughs> way. You can't. You might want to, but. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, Wofford taught us all a lesson last year. Uh, And for Buzz Williams' program, he likes them to ascend throughout the season. They don't want them peaking in November and December. They do this intentionally to where it's almost weird. They're kind of like, yeah, we kind of want to suck in November and December. Uh, Not really, but like – you know, they, they just they're all they feel like they're behind in these months and, and, yeah. and once they catch up they really start to peak in February and March. Uh and and you know, the Memphis game was their first loss at home since that Wofford game. They had won 
14 straight games at home. And, you know, look, there's a couple ways to look at it. Uh, on, one, on one hand, they already have two more quad one wins uh, right now than they did really until early January last year. The Florida game last year was their first quad one win. Uh, Ohio State and Iowa State have really aged well. And I think they will stand the test of time as quad one wins. I think Ohio State, that's their only loss right now. Iowa State has got two losses. But, you know, with their loaded schedule, they're going to be – same with Ohio State, two loaded schedules they've got to play. That helps with your net a lot. So uh, one was a road game, so it's got to be top 75 in net. Iowa State was a neutral site, so it's got to be top 50. I just feel really confident that those will both be quad one wins. So that's a huge deal. Florida Atlantic, uh, Memphis, Virginia. So I think Florida Atlantic is a quad one loss. I think Virginia is a quad one loss. I don't know about Memphis yet. I think it's a quad one loss, but they've got to be top 25 in net for that to be the case. And I know, you know, talking to the folks around Memphis, they think, they'll probably be kind of on the fringe there. So that's certainly one to watch. You know, quad two loss is obviously a lot more harmful. But for the most part, these losses have not been as harmful. You, you lose Houston, right? It's not a huge deal. Uh, obviously, you got to start winning games at some point. But to have two quad one wins yeah. already, I think it gives you the ability to lose these games. Um, my problem with this team right now is, you know, they, they haven't been healthy. They haven't had Marble. They missed Coleman for a couple games. They missed Radford for a few games. Um, and they just don't have a lot of creators and answers when Wade Taylor isn't working out. And, and Wade Taylor's been disappointing so far this season. He's been yeah. careless for basketball. He's not shot it well from three. Shot selection hasn't been great. And I think they've kind of figured out a formula of how to defend him. You know, just get the ball out of his hands, trap him when he crosses half court, and, you know, let the other guys beat you. And when Wade Taylor has to force the issue, a lot of times things go wrong. And if you have to, you know, give it to these other guys and let them be, you know, whatever team they're playing, that can be a problem because they just don't have a consistent answer, at least not when Radford is is not, you know, who he normally is. So I do think they can figure it out. Like Radford just hasn't been himself the last couple few weeks. Um, Marble coming back hopefully in January. I think that would be huge. Um, but, you know, these transfers, they just haven't, quite made up for yeah. those losses. The Dexter Dennis Floyd is a parent on defense and, and, you know, at times on offense too. I do like what I'm seeing from Jace Carter. You know, I think he's going to get better as the season progresses. Um, we really haven't seen Eli Lawrence, which was a, a little, a little surprising to me. We'll, we'll see if he ever cracks into that rotation, but just hasn't really been in it. And then can these other guys keep ascending? Solomon Washington, that's a guy I would be watching right now and saying, could he have an ascension like an Anderson Garcia had last year, where November, December, it's maybe he's not 
you know, a big impact guy. And then in January, February, it's like, holy crap, this guy is like the heartbeat of the team kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll see. I think those guys can still send. It'll, it'll help when they're healthy. Uh, these losses are not a huge deal, but they've got to figure it out at some point. And uh, you'd hope that'd be in the next couple of weeks. No doubt. No doubt. Going to be an interesting time to close out, obviously, with with Houston, then a couple um, couple easier games as you head into Christmas, and then they get then it's into SEC play, and so um, gonna going to uh, going to be an interesting couple of weeks there, and and a big couple of weeks as they kind of turn the calendar to January. We're going to go ahead and and close this out. We'll be back next week um, to kind of look ahead to early signing period. Um, discuss a little more on the, the Texas A&M front as they start to get ready for their bowl game against Oklahoma State. Before we head out, got to give a quick shout out to we meant we talked about Terry Bussey earlier in the show, but what we did not talk about was what he did on Wednesday night in the state title game um, in a dominating win for Toler over for for Timson over Toler, just ridiculous. Set multiple state records in the first half alone with a 97-yard touchdown pass, 93-yard touchdown run. Just a ridiculous athlete, was playing both sides of the ball and, you know, was talking with the coaching staff afterwards. And, and I've got to know them, obviously, well, having covered Timpson for a while. They weren't shocked at all. They were like, listen, this is what this guy does on a daily basis all the time. And and I've certainly seen it during the regular season. But to do it on that stage and that and that moment is is different, especially with Timpson being without a key couple key playmakers. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal st- playoff run by by Terry Bussey. So congratulations to Timpson on their win and their first ever state title in school history. So wanted to give a quick shout out there before we jump off the podcast. And a big thank you to everybody for tuning in and watching this. Uh, be sure to hit that like and share button. Um, and if you're listening to us on Spotify, I, iTunes, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get a notification every time a new video drops. We'll certainly be back soon. Um, a lot more to get to. And have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.